Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. We are live. One, two, three, four. What's up, everybody? Welcome to West by Pod, a podcast about WVU, the Big 12, and the ESPN Plus audio department. I'm Joel Bracken on Twitter. I'm at WV Stats Guy. I'm joined by Jordan Pinto, as always, at Game Day Shorts. Jordan, we are in the W column. How are you feeling after the weekend? Well, I'm I'm back at base camp too. The weather, the weather that we were worried about, um, seems to have cleared up a little bit. Um, ready to uh, you know probably probably acclimate here for a couple days and then make that push for base camp three uh, this Thursday evening. So no, I'm good, man. The climb's back on. Let's let's go. <laughs> Climb confirmed. Yeah, Climb a lot confirmed. of the a lot of the stuff this weekend kind of puts you in a little better mental state than you probably were this time last week. Turns out Kansas is not too bad. Turns out, um, you know, against a, you know, let, let's not pretend like Towson's not a very inferior opponent. But ten drives, ten scores, nine drives on defense, nine stops for zero points. Uh, that that always makes you feel good. You got to see plenty of exciting firsts and you know all all the good feels of of beating up on some team. Um, yeah, so so we're in the right direction. So with the pod today, we're gonna do a quick Towson recap, talk a little bit of stuff going on around the Big Twelve, and then there's no time to rest. There's no no time to think about it too long because we got a trophy game Thursday night in Blacksburg, Black Diamond Trophy on the line. Um, and whoever wins is going to keep it, I think, for a pretty long time. I don't know when's the. You know when the next time they play is? Uh, I don't know if there's another one on the schedule. Let me check about that. Yeah, so uh, definitely one that you want to keep in uh, in your home. I know my oldest brother is a Virginia Tech graduate, and he likes to. I know he would always bring it up when we had the long drought when it was in Blacksburg. So this is one you want to win for sure. Uh, I think Neil Brown really wants to win this game too. Uh, his his job, yeah, you can feel good about this week, but. This is a very important game for his tenure and for the the season as a whole. You got to get a Power Five win. Um, so, yeah, yeah, man. It feel it feels weird. Uh, it's like almost not fair. Where you know every game that we play feels like it's a referendum on Neil Brown's entire entire life, which uh, you know maybe y- you never want to be there. I mean, you know, it is kind of his own fault that he is, I guess, to a certain extent. Or you know how much you want to put put some blame on some players for for just not making certain plays at various points over the last uh, few years but um yeah this is a referendum on <laughs> on neil brown's entire <laughs> entire life at west virginia right where you know i think before the season we we kind of said like you have to split virginia tech and pit it doesn't matter which one you win but you have to win one of them um yeah. i think you know we obviously didn't factor kansas being a 10-win team into the equation uh but uh but yeah no i mean yeah, you got you got to win this one, and and as we'll kind of get into, I you know, when we did our deep dive, I don't think either of us held Virginia Tech in, in that high of esteem. Um, nothing I've seen over three weeks has has you know moved the needle for me too much. So, um, 
yeah, must, I mean, must win, must win. And honestly, I think, you know, this is one where if you go out and win by two or three touchdowns, it's, you know, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Big one upcoming. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to VT a little bit later in the pod. First, just coming off the Talzin win, um, you know, like I said, just a feel good day, get the vibes right in the program. Uh, everybody make a play, everybody score a touchdown. Um, you know, pretty much other than the kickoff, it was almost the absolute perfect game. Um, like no turnovers, you get four different quarterbacks lead drives and throw touchdowns. Um, like I said, 10 scores on 10 drives, nine stops on nine drives. So pretty much a perfect day. Do you have any like main takeaways or what do you kind of see from the Towson week? Yeah, man. I think, you know, the big one is kind of like just what you were saying where, you know, it's, it proves to ourselves, you know, this team is kind of, you can almost see the sphincters tighten to a, to an extent, um, you know, at, at crucial junctures in the game where we've just kind of developed this knack for, um, you know, making the big play in the game that goes the wrong way, right? Where, you know, we're tipping a, we're tipping a pick six to pit with three minutes to go in the game. We're dropping a, we're dropping a punt tied with Kansas in the third quarter. Um, and so I think, you know, just for this team to see like, Hey, we can play 60 minutes of clean football. Um, I think that that's valuable. Um, in terms of individual performances, you know, CJ with the hat trick, um, continue to obviously be impressed with him. The thing I think that he does that's really cool is he knows people aren't going to go up high on him. And so he'll kind of yeah. come in hard on somebody and then they'll dive at his legs and he's really good at pulling out whatever leg they dive at. And so they just hit air and he just, you know, loses a little bit of momentum and obviously barely even gets touched. Um, so I've been really impressed with him. Um, like that we emphasize Prather. Um, early in the game, you know, went, went to him on the, uh, on the fade for the touchdown. Um, I think he, you know, he had six or seven targets in the first quarter. Um, so, um, like that we're, we're trying to make him somebody that people have to cover. Obviously Bryce, Bryce is the dude for us. Um, but it would be nice to have some balance, right? Where, you know, you can't, you can't shade too much to Bryce's side because Prather is going to beat you. So hopefully we're starting to see him, uh, figure things out. Um, thought all the quarterbacks looked good. I don't know what you think about the like the backups even. Um, thought Crowder looked good, Nico looked good, Green. We got to figure out the way, some way to get Green the ball, man. Exactly, great in space. Green has phenomenal um, like open field vision, ball carrier vision. He just yeah. like he's slippery. He knows where the holes are going to develop. Like you could see on that first long run he had, like he's anticipating you know where the block's coming and going to kind of slide yep. outside. Um, yeah, like I love seeing the quarterback. play. Yeah, just, twenty just yards. By letting the blocks, like letting the blocks develop. Yeah, and even on the touchdown, like he just kind of slips and slides through the holes. Like you know, I would not think he was scoring on that, and then you know he comes through almost untouched. He's he's a fast dude. Yeah, we got to figure out a way to get him in space. I don't know if it's a slot. I don't know if it's like some gadgety. He gets five plays a game where you just like run him in motion, and one or two of them he's going to throw, and a couple he's a decoy, and then you know he gets some touches to run. Yeah, yeah he's he's a talented dude. Um, I mean, Crowder, I really like, like Goose. He seems, you know, a lot more of a pure passer kind of guy, but, uh, loved what you see out of him. And then of course, Nico, like you're dying to see Nico comes in, drops one in the bucket to, um, Preston Fox. So Preston a double Fox, first yeah. time, a double first time touchdown for those guys. Um, but yeah, just the, the vibes were good all around. And I think, you know, you said it, Prather, I think probably a really big game for him. Just getting that confidence. He gets his first mm-hmm. touchdown. Uh, you could kind of see it in the Kansas game. You know, he was he was kind of picking up steam and just kind of putting it together. Um, 
I was kind of bummed they took Bryce Ford Wheaton's touchdown off the board because uh, he's having quite the pace, which it seemed like a catch to me. I don't know. It's what so weird, think? right? Where it's like, dude, I mean, his toes down first, but then his heel definitely did land out of bounds. And so, you know, I don't know how that works where, um, I mean, obviously it works where to where it's not a touchdown, but you know, the, the obviously bias, I thought it was a catch, but um, I can understand why they didn't call it. But yeah, man. Yeah. Offense is cooking. Offense is cooking. Offense looks really good. And again, you don't want to take too much from, from beating up on Towson, but I thought, um, you know, all cylinders. Were there, were there any, uh, any things that you saw that like cause concern? Um, you know, like any, any negatives or just all around great day for everybody? You know, I don't think the secondary was tested. So, you know, that yeah. would be the cause for concern on the defense. Obviously the, the blown kickoff coverage. Um, I, don't worry about that too much, I think, because that was like, you know, you are it's a one o'clock kick, so it's kind of early in the day. You know you're going to steamroll this team. I think that was just maybe a undisciplined slip. I don't know, because, you know, we kicked it off like 10 more times in the game, and, and yeah. like we're all right. So um, I did like that Neil Brown emphasized in the presser about being pissed about that and talked about how it, they emphasized over the offseason how West Virginia was, and this is true, one of the worst teams in the nation, like bottom five in starting field goal or starting field position allowed. A lot of that was from the special teams unit. So yep. um, I'm glad to see that he recognized that. And he said, he said, oh, a lot of you reporters didn't pick up on that. I was like, well, I don't know. People, especially who look at some of these analytics are like, yeah, why does the other team start at the 40 every drive? Every yeah, drive. Well, <laughs> the, um, uh, yeah. At the musket, we covered that. Let me just tell you, that was yeah. something that, that gave me nightmares throughout the season and into the off season. So Definitely. Um, Only other thing I would say, maybe concern. I mean, we got, I think we played 12 guys on the offensive line. I mean, snaps were going all around. Anyone who yeah. had a jersey was playing. Um, probably a couple more QB hits than you want, but, you know. That was that was cool. the the one note that I had is, you know, JG, JT got popped a couple times. Um, a couple running plays where they kind of strung us out and, and, you know, got tackles for loss. Um, and, you know, that's... The, the trenches is the one spot against an FCS team, right? Where you would really expect to just absolutely, you know, dominate and not to say that we didn't cause we did, right. They, they didn't score a single touchdown, a mm-hmm. uh, single offensive touchdown. Um, and you know, de- and then on defense, obviously we scored, we scored 65 points on them. So, um, so I get crazy here, but, but yeah, there were, yeah, a couple more hits on JT than you'd want, I think. And then a couple more, uh, TFLs than you'd want when, it, when it was like, you know, still first quarter, second quarter ones on ones. Um, but no, overall, man, super cathartic. We, you know, I yeah. think we, we needed to kick the shit out of him and we did. So I feel good. Yeah, feel everybody needed it. Everybody needed just the, yeah, you got to, you know, losing can get contagious and just doing things right. Uh, practicing winning. Uh, that's that's a great thing to do. Um, one other thing, I mean, you, you mentioned CJ Donaldson, just, you know, obviously he's been a great story so far this season. Go listen to his presser if you haven't after. This is his third game playing running back ever. And it's so funny. He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm figuring it out. You know, it's still new to me. It's a, you know, tight end or whatever. And, and Neil Brown said, I think also in his presser about CJ, you know, like, he's like, you guys tell me we should play him. Or he's like, I'm playing as much as he can. Like, you know, I think it's still just like getting him into shape and getting him into like this new <laughs> role. He's like, I wish I could put him out there every play. He's just a, he's a football player. He's a great, great yeah, attribute I, to this team. 
I haven't watched the interview yet, but the uh, the thumbnail like on the YouTube video is just him with like this little shit eating shit eating grin like out of the side of his <laughs> face, you know, where it's like <laughs> this guy's out here kicking ass and he's just an 18 year old kid, you know, it's, it's like it's just it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. He Love had uh, I think that that run he had was I think they said it was like the eighth longest run in West Virginia history, you know, just like 82 I mean, is long, man. 82 is a long run. It's a lot of yards. It's a lot of yards. <laughs> a lot of yards. Yeah, he's. He's been developing nicely. He could be, he could be, he could be really special, honestly. I like how, um, and so this is something that I've definitely noticed, not always um, in real time, but definitely, you know, I'm a sick piece of shit and I rewatch all the games, even when we lose to Kansas and Pitt. Um, But on the rewatch, when you're like actually paying attention, like, man, what the hell happened on that play? The dude pass blocks. Like, and Mm -hmm. that's some, that's almost a spot where you feel like, as a tight end slash wide receiver slash playmaker, whatever he was in high school, coming into the backfield against some good defenses. That actually, well, you know, Pitt's a good defense. Kansas is not a good defense. Um, figure you struggle in pass pro, but it seems like he's in the right spots. And then, I mean, you know, he's got some ass to him, 240 pounds. It's a lot harder for a linebacker to run through 240 pounds than 210. So um, I'm glad the coaches have been calling that out. That's definitely something that I've noticed on on uh, my my game rewatches as well. So, um, yeah, dude, I, he, he can do no Absolutely. wrong at this point. Everything he's touching turns to gold. So, Absolute stud. And when you're when you're a team like West Virginia, you know, you know, you look back at the the Pat White, Steve Slayton era. Pat White came out of somewhat nowhere. You need guys to kind of just pop up and be like, oh. Who's CJ Donaldson? Like, where? Why weren't we recruiting this guy? Like, where did this guy come from? Because um, yeah, I think you know, I think Neil said he was going to play in a position, but they didn't. You know, I'm sure they weren't banking on the the production they've got on him already. Um, so no, yeah, I don't that's think they expected him to be exciting. starting running back three games into the season. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I mean, quote unquote starting, I guess. But yeah, um, what, what what about yeah. that ESPN Plus audio? How was? Did it give you like a full aneurysm? Or- yeah, I, I, I tolerated it for about, I think, our first drive, the kick return, our second drive, and then I, I just put on Tony Caridi. I think I was telling you before the thing, I didn't even have it. It was like three three seconds out of sync, and it was still just a thousand times better than whatever the hell that was. That was, it was really poor. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad <laughs> for a service that you're paying. Like right? It was like, yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing, throwing down monthly for... A, a skip every two seconds for got You got to get premium to get the full audio. You only get half audio with Jeez. with commercials uh, for t- for ten ninety nine or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, it was it was honestly it was giving me a headache. I had to switch to Creedy as well. Um, and if you're listening nope. and didn't know, you can kind of sync up Creedy in your stream. Uh, I always look for the quarterback clap, but there's like other ways you can kind of figure out the audio to match up. And it's always more enjoyable listening to Creedy. If you're a Mountaineer fan, you're listening to the game. It's always kind of better to hear it from that perspective because like 95% of the time, the uh, ESPN Ocho commentator they have is, is not well-versed and is, you know, nope. it's just kind of always more fun to hear your, your local side of things. So he's catching up on West Virginia as the game's happening, you know? Yeah, right. seriously. He's like Should learning. <laughs> yeah, he's like number 12, huh? Let me see. Oh, that's CJ Donaldson. I just checked my he, roster here. Um, he's a tight end I'm uh, seeing here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, pre-cap, recap, or recap, pre-cap? Excuse me. Yeah, let's let's run around the league. So, um, 
well, so obviously we beat Towson. A um, couple other high-profile games, uh, Oklahoma 49, Nebraska uh, 14. I actually got in on that game at Oklahoma minus 10.5, easiest money I've ever made in my life. Um, let see, Baylor played Texas State, handled them. Iowa State handled Ohio. Kansas State losing to Tulane, I think, was probably the surprise of the weekend. Did you, did you catch any of that game? I didn't catch uh, I didn't catch any of the game live. Uh, saw some highlights. There weren't many. And <laughs> also, if you look at like some of the, uh, I saw somebody post an analytic box score of that game, and it's unbelievable how Kansas State lost that game. Like they did everything right. Uh, pretty sure they like won the turnover battle. Like converted well on third down. Like and just I don't know, pissed down their leg. <laughs> it was it's pretty embarrassing loss. I think to Tulane. Yeah, not 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 very good there. Not a great look for. Um, the media dark horse for Big 12 Conference champion. Um, see, we also Oklahoma State and and uh, Texas both handled their smaller schools. Um, Texas Tech lost at NC State. I think that's probably expected. They lost 27-14, so not a horrible showing. I think NC State, you know, they're everybody kind of is holding them in pretty high regard this year, so no shame there. Um, and then the most important result of the weekend, aside from from our own, I feel like was Kansas forty eight, Houston thirty. Um, and I watched almost all of that game, and I, <laughs> I turned I turned it on, and it was fourteen nothing Houston, just like it was. And I was like, little do you know, this is they have you exactly where you where they want you. And lo and behold. They they score they score forty two of the next forty nine points. I mean Jesus Christ! Wow. Like can't what, like what the hell is that? How like how are they this good? Um, so fast. I mean Jalen Daniels is obviously awesome, but like what else? I don't even. I mean play calling. They're never off schedule. It's just like a really good football team out of nowhere. They yeah yeah. It's time time to talk to your kids about a potentially ranked Kansas if they can beat Duke. I think they might slide in. Um, three and O Kansas versus three and O Duke this season, this weekend, by the way, in football and football and football. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I think Jalen Daniels is insane. I mean, I think yeah. it's hard to quantify, um, how much he is responsible for this kind of turnaround, but, um, I think they have a really good grasp. Leipold does in that offense. Like they know what they're good at. They know what they want to do and they're not going to like, get too cute and shy away. Like they, they seemed like they were pretty good at executing their game plan. Um, I, you know, first of all, Kansas over two and a half wins was, was free money. Um, easy. <laughs> Cause this they hit that the asshole who said under dude, holy shit. Over, over in September, over in mid September. <laughs> um, but what yeah, they, I, I'm curious to see if it's sustainable if you get three or four games of tape on this team and you're like, okay, this is how you stop this team. Mm-hmm. And then with inferior talent, probably still to most of the Big 12, um, you know, they might go four and eight. You, I'm just curious if they get solved. Um, you see it like in basketball a lot, like in the NBA, like teams like solve how to guard a person or how to stop an offense. And it's just like, that's okay. That person wasn't actually good. They You just solve it. Um, I wonder if Kansas is solvable because their defense isn't fantastic. They're just no, scoring. Good. They're scoring forty-eight plus in their three games. So, um, you know, I think a lot. Yeah, they're just their their offense is spectacular at staying on schedule, and I think a lot of that is Jalen Daniels. A lot of it is, I mean, look, they're they're a triple option team. 
at this point. Like yep. it's just what they are. And that's hard to prepare for in a week. So, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, just like you said, like, do people figure them out by October, by the end of October? Um, but right now, I mean, you know, you, you watch them play and it's, it's, oh, it's second and six. Oh, it's third and three or, oh, it's third and five. I think you even mentioned at one point in the broadcast, it was a third and eight. And the commentators are like, oh, well, this was pretty long for Kansas today, you know, kind of thing where like they just they just they don't get negative plays. And, you know, I, I think I, I saw a stat they're converting like 69 percent of their third downs right now. So that's where third manageable comes in. You just can't get can't get them off the fucking field. Um, yeah. Daniels has been pressured 20 times. He hasn't been sacked one time in, in, in those 20 pressures. I mean, you know, so it's just like they. I think it's like you said, they, they know exactly who they are, what they are. We kind of talked about it last week, right? They, they have an identity. They know exactly what they're good at, and they just lean all the way into it. And, you know, good for good for them. I mean, I'm, it's fucking frustrating being on the other side of it last weekend, but good for them. It's a good team. Yeah. You know, and I've seen this conversation online before, too, about how teams should, like when a team is really bad, like to go with a gimmicky approach. Um like I've heard people say like, oh, you know, I don't know. For example, you could say Colorado right now, maybe some team that's like, you know, or what Kansas has been there. I'll see people online be like, all right, they need to go to the triple option. They need to have an identity and be different. And, you know, I think the counter argument to that is like there's no team winning the national championship or competing at a really, really high level with the triple option right now. It's just like, are you trying to be the like gimmick on the schedule, like the press Virginia in a, in a similar sense? Um yeah. Like I said, I just wonder if the success is is um is lasting or like you know, like it's something they get on tape and then people figure it out, or if this is something that you know they can really run with and be successful with. So I mean, you know, Kansas is actually interesting to watch right now. Um they are they're, they yeah, are they're... something. I pulled it up right here. They are in uh beta rank, they are in top ten in the country in um, offensive negative plays. So just like preventing negative plays, negative drives on schedule. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Wild times we live in. It really is. It really is. Um, okay. So you want to look forward in the league? Um, yeah. Precap for the big 12. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we already kind of touched on the biggest game of the weekend, which is uh, Duke at, at Kansas and Lawrence. Expect you know between ten and fifteen thousand people at that game, um, so it's really just going to be a barn burn. Is, is, did have we heard his game day going? I heard a rumor that if they were both three and L game day would would go, but it's a Fox Sports broadcast. Yeah, so I don't know how that's going. No, work. they're going to Tennessee. I wish okay. that would have been awesome if they did go to Kansas. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. No, and. Um, Spoiler uh, alert! Now that now that they're in our rear view, I'm just all the way pro Kansas, so I expect Kansas to 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 handle Duke there. Um, another another super interesting one. Um, obviously, lots of history, uh, recent recent history. TCU at SMU. Um, so obviously, SMU's coaching staffs at TCU now. Um, SMU beat them last year. So what do you uh, what do you think there? You got a feel for that game? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, this is the. Uh the game you play in NCAA when you leave your team and then you schedule your your old team back immediately. SMU I'm seeing as one and a half point favorite. So, I mean, almost just wow. like a pick them. Um, yeah, in Dallas, that's... 
I don't know. I probably don't know enough about SMU to uh, to make a fair pick on that, but I think you're going to see a lot of offense. I think with uh, Mordecai at SMU and uh, TCU's the, offense, I think a lot of points. The weird uh, the weird stat that I saw. So when I was just looking, I was looking up uh, stuff earlier today for Virginia Tech's defense, and SMU number two in beta rank right now, defensive beta rank. So wow. Um, I don't know. It says they've played the 15th, the 15th rated schedule as well. So, you know, maybe some weight to obviously small sample size, but maybe a little bit of weight to those numbers. 68 and a half point over under. That's largest, largest in the big 12 matchups this week. So yeah, I don't know. Sometimes those early numbers. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, that might be a shootout. I I mean, that would, that would have been my instinct obviously, because TCU's putting up points in droves. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have, uh, a handful, or actually a trio of in-conference matchups here. We got number 17 Baylor at Iowa state who, um, Iowa state finally got that Iowa monkey off their back and then scored 40 points last weekend. So, uh, possibly a real team there. Um, Baylor, I think beat Texas state pretty good. So kind of moving past that BYU loss. So what do you, uh, what do you, what's your gut telling you about that game? Yeah, I actually haven't gotten a chance to watch Iowa State and Deckers yet. Um, but three yeah, and zero, and I know it's first time three and zero in a while. Um, I mean, yeah, the Iowa game. There's probably not a lot of highlights coming out of that one. Iowa State's actually favored uh, by two in this game. Uh, definitely a hard place to play, but that is an eleven a.m. Central kickoff in Iowa. So uh awful not one the fans love that would be so bad i mean at least we're in the eastern time zone and noon is the worst they can do to you 11 a.m is or noon kickoffs uh, are actually noon kickoffs yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's rough but that'll be a good feel, feel it out and see where you're at i think byu kind of got exposed a little this weekend and yeah, you know yeah, they yeah, beat yeah. baylor so uh, this is really a like show show what side of the conference you might be on um if iowa state wins this then uh, you know, this conference is wide open. We know this, but um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people had Baylor. Baylor is their pick for the conference. So I think, and being underdogs here in the first conference game. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. All right. Then we have Texas traveling to Lubbock, 3.30 on ABC. Um, what do you What do you think about that one? Yeah, four and a half point favorites Texas are. Um, yeah, that's... I would be surprised if Texas has a lot of trouble with Texas Tech. I'm almost surprised the line is that short, only four and a half points. Over under is 60, so you know you're expecting to see see some high scoring there. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't really have a great pulse on Texas. I mean, I watched the Bama game and or a lot of it, and I, I'm not sure if that was more indicative of what Texas is or what Bama is. Um, I think it's just still too early to tell, but this is another one too. Like what side of the conference are you on? Are you in the, the top yeah. half or the bottom half? Yeah, I think, man, my, my read on that Bama Texas game is, is like Bama played just about as poorly as they could have and, and still won. I mean, what did they, they had like 16 or 17 penalties, like literally like 180 yards of penalty of penalty yards and, and still won the game in winning time. Um, Obviously, Quinn Ewers still hurt. I think Hudson Card. I guess that means Hudson Card will be starting that game. I think Texas Tech's actually their their starting quarterbacks hurt too. So, um, yeah, probably just a just a crapshoot in terms of picking what's going to happen. I know top to bottom the roster, I like Texas is better, um, but Lubbock's a weird place to play. Um, yeah. So yeah, no. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, 
And then the last one, so Kansas State of the two-lane loss that we just mentioned, uh, traveling to Oklahoma, to Norman. Oklahoma's looked really fucking good so far, man. I'm, you know, I, and yep. they haven't really, really played anybody yet because I don't think, I don't think Nebraska, fresh off of firing a coach, is anybody. Um, but ahead of ahead of where I thought they would look, man, the defense, the defense actually already looks like it's, yeah, it looks like a Bernd Venables defense. So, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you think there? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely weary of. Oklahoma's just like extracting anything from them so far. They beat UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska, who, you know, we know Nebraska's in in hell right now. So, like, I don't know how much you can take away from those games. Um, I think it's probably a bad week to be Kansas State, though. You lose to Tulane, and you got to go in and play your roughest. Probably, you know, you got to go on the road to Norman um, and pretty likely looking at a two and two start. I mean, Oklahoma's 13 point favorites in this game, which seems pretty high. Um, Kansas state, you know, like you said, kind of the, the media's kind of sleeper dark horse pick a lot of people's pick. Um, this thing could go South kind of quick. So, um, yeah, but I, I would expect Oklahoma to handle business here. Yeah, I, I think so too. Actually in 13 and a half doesn't, doesn't feel like, I don't know. I guess that feels fair. But I might uh, I might take a closer look at that one uh, as the week yeah. uh, progresses here. But all right, so that's the that's the Big Twelve, um, Big Twelve, Big Twelve uh, precap. Do we want to uh, anything else, or we want to just get into tech? I'd say let's get into tech. I am I am juiced. This is a yep. this is a game where you, you know you obviously had the uh, the pit game to start the season, and that was like all off season. Everyone talked about. I'm still really excited about playing Virginia Tech as well. This is a really fun rivalry. Hell yeah, man. Has been some some of our best games. You know, we, we've talked about the, with that uh, 2017 game in D.C. probably 10 times in the offseason so far on podcasts. And then obviously just the, you know, the Bracken household just split against itself, divided against itself. Divided, Cannot stand, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. all right. Little, little, little scene setter here. So Tech... Um, Breaking in a new coach, Brent Pry, the Brent Pry era did not did not start uh, how I imagine Brent Pry uh, saw it starting. Uh, so they go to Old Dominion, which you know I don't know wh- why Virginia Tech's going to Old Dominion. Uh, kind of beyond me, um, but they nothing lost. Nothing good can happen. <laughs> yeah, nothing good happened. Nothing good can happen. Nothing good did happen. They lost twenty to seventeen to Old Dominion, um, and then so they rebound with a big win against uh, yeah, big win. Uh, Boston College, they beat them twenty-seven to ten. Then last weekend, they beat Wofford twenty-seven to seven. Um, you know, I don't know. They very much have been who I who I thought they were. Um, the the one thing that's kind of we'll, we'll get into it with the defense. Defense has been generating a lot of pressure, um, certainly a lot more than they did than they did last year. But um, yeah, they're coming in. I don't know. This this feels like feels like a game we should win. So I don't know. What do you uh, do? You want to get into the offense here? Well, yeah. I mean, I think first, just bef- before we get into the actual, you know, players playing the game, is this is a rivalry game. This is a trophy game. Uh, this is a night game in Black- Blacksburg, um, which is not a fun environment. Um, so the, you know, watching Virginia Tech so far this season has not been overly impressive, but 
Yeah, I think you still have to keep in mind like all of the external factors. I mean, you look look at this team; they look like a team who just got a new coach, and it's still like greasing the tire, like greasing the you know getting everything figured out. Like, what what is this team going to be? Um, my interpretation of this team is that West Virginia is more talented, but uh, still, you got to go and play right after uh, they jump around to Inner Sandman, and you know there's a lot of juice there. So, um, I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah, pumped for it. All right, so when Tech has the ball, who's the first guy? Who's the first guy we need to know? Yeah, so first guy on Virginia Tech offense is the quarterback, Grant Wells. Number six, you might remember him from Marshall. He spent some time there. Um, Yeah, he's played a lot of snaps of football. This guy has some experience under his belt. Um, Plays well under pressure. Um, Like I'm talking defensive pressure. He... You know, is able to able to move around in the pocket, get the ball out. Um, I think the biggest criticism of Grant Wells is he is somewhat turnover prone. He threw four picks versus Old Dominion. Uh, no Power Five quarterback should say that. Um, so you know, he is mobile. He can he can use his legs. He is um, air quote sneaky athletic, as you would describe any fast white quarterback. But he is uh, he is he is you know I, I don't think he is the better quarterback in this matchup. He is uh, right now in PFF. He's not even in the top 100 quarterbacks uh, passing grades wise. So, you know, this guy's serviceable, but this guy came from a G5 and, you know, this is the best option Pitt had or Virginia Tech had. So, uh, yeah, Grant Wells, number six. And uh, he's is he from Charleston? He's from the. Yeah, he's a he's a GW guy. GW guy. Nice. Yep. GW. Yep. So he was my first guy as well. And yeah, I kind of had written down basically he is who who he's been. Um, I think he's a career 60, 66% passer. He's completing 65.7% of his passes this year, uh, less than seven yards per attempt. So nothing super explosive there. Um, four touchdowns balanced out by the, the four interceptions you mentioned against, mentioned against old dominion. Um, 3.6% of his plays turnover where he plays, um, which is, I want to say it's top or well, top bottom. I don't know. It's one of the 25 highest in the country. So, um, not great there. I guess for context, JT Daniels is at 3.5% this year. Um, so not super high, but you know, higher on the higher side where, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll give you some opportunities to, to take the ball away if you're in, in, in a good spot. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, you know, I think you said it, he's, he's the second best quarterback in this game, which, which, you know, makes me feel good about our chances. Yeah. I mean, obviously plenty of questions in our secondary, but, um, you know, this guy isn't going to go, I mean, you look at what Virginia tech has done against old dominion, Boston college and Wofford scored 20 or sorry, 17 to old dominion, 27 in Boston college, 27 on Wofford. This team isn't going to go out and score 42 points. And if they do the pods canceled, because I I don't want to talk about West Virginia football anymore. Um, you know, this is not the strength of Virginia Tech's team. Um, this is this is what they're rolling with. So I think they're really trying to to kind of you know tone him down and, and kind of just limit those turnovers because yep. defense is probably the strength here. Um, so yeah, so I guess moving into my second guy to watch on offense, I went with tight end Nick Gallo. He wears number eighty six, um, and this is a guy when you just kind of look at a lot of snap charts, he's just he's all over. He plays a lot of snaps. Um, he'll probably play most, if not all the snaps in this game. And he, he kind of is, is multifaceted. He blocks really well. 
Um, and this is something this offensive line needs some help with. So um, he is a pretty good pass blocker. He also leads the team in targets in the passing game. Um, so he's been targeted 19 times. He was the uh, leading target returner from last year as well. So um, he's got 13 of the 19 balls thrown his way this year. And you're just going to see him all over the place. Like I said, they do uh, keep him out on the field a lot. That's not entirely, you know, not all college football teams have a tight end out there all the time, but you're going to see 86 out there. And like I said, I think um, probably a necessity to, to supplement some of the offensive line troubles. Yeah, he's a he's a good pick. Um, I think that's, you know, historically we've had we've had trouble with tight ends. Right. And then especially this year with the way that um, kind of the second and third levels of our defense have played um, tight end is certainly a position that can hurt us. So. It's a good call. So for my second guy, though, I went um, with wide receiver Caleb Smith. So he'll wear number eighty. Um, I think he was the he's the top returning targets by uh, by a wide by an actual wide receiver. So I think he had like thirty seven targets last year. Um, has twelve targets so far through three games this year. He's caught eight of them for one hundred thirty one yards, one touchdown. That's sixteen point four uh, yard average per reception. Um, and really the reason, so he's a big body, he's 6'2", 220, so big dude. Um, and the reason that I wanted to highlight him is I, I, you know, I think in the off season when we did our deep dive, like one of the things we both, we both flagged in terms of Tech's offense is just who the hell is going to make plays on this team, right? Like they lost, they lost Blackshear, um, they lost their top two wide receivers. So they needed playmakers on the outside. We said somebody needed to emerge and it seems like, Caleb Smith is starting to, you know, I think he's, he's the only receiver in the seventies per PFF. If you look at, you know, overall grade receiving grade, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I think if, if Charles Woods was playing, he's not Um, Caleb Smith is the guy he would be focused on. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be curious to see how we handle them. I, I I would hope that, um, you know, hopefully we're not playing 10 yards off this guy, right? Like hopefully Mm -hmm. we're just up in his face, making it hard on him. Um, because I, I feel like if, if anybody's going to make plays on the outside, it's him. Yeah, I think that's a great call out. And I think if there's a scenario in which you, uh, you know, obviously we have some young guys, some inexperience or some, you know, all kinds of things going on in the secondary. But I do think this is a kind of game where you don't want to just like uh, give them that 10 yard cushion, like don't let things get warmed up. I think this is a, a game where you probably can apply some pressure. I feel good about our defensive line matching up here and, yeah. uh, you know, make Grant Wells you know, have some turnovers. He, you know, he's forced the ball in there and, and done that pretty uh, consistently. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather get beat than concede. Right. Like it felt like at times against Kansas, we were just conceding. It's like, here, here's mm-hmm. seven yards. Here's five yards. I'd rather get beat. So, yeah. All right. So um, big spoiler for the folks listening. We both have the same third guy um, tackle Parker Clements. Why did you choose him? That's awesome that we both have him. Cause that he's a right tackle right. on this offense. Yep. Um, so I chose him because he is the most snaps on this offense this season. Um, he's already taken 232 snaps. And if you uh, only watch the game through spreadsheets or PFF, he stinks. He uh, <laughs> is getting exposed. I don't know if this guy's hurt. I don't know what's going on. Through three games, he's allowed eight pressures. Uh, he's had a penalty in each of the three games. I would imagine that was a hold or maybe a false start. Um and just just kind of getting banged around his and it, like I said, 232 snaps is not a small sample size. 
Um, his average PFF grade is a 47.6. If you got a 47.6 on a test, you would not be too happy. Um, this, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I, like I said, I don't know if this is a hurt guy. I don't know if what, what's going on because he had better numbers last year. Um, it seemed like he protected better, but this seems like the the maybe the uh, the place to attack. This is a guy that, that maybe you can uh, you can line up and beat a few times, get some TFLs, get some sacks, something like that. For sure. Yeah. So I had the, I had the, the same guy for the same reasons, right? Eight pressures and 109 pass blocking opportunities. So he's given up uh, some sort of pressure, some sort of a hit, um, basically one out of every 10, 10 times that he's blocking, which is, is significant. Um, 47 run block rate as well. So he hasn't been any better uh, run blocking. Um, and then, uh, so I'm going to just butcher this pronunciation uh, but so Silas Zan Zanzi, I don't know the other tackle. Um, so between the two tackles, they've given up 14 pressures. The, the interior trio of text line has only allowed four combined. So, um, I think, yeah, the edges, the edges is where you need to attack this team. Um, and yeah, I, I, based on the quality of our, of our defensive linemen, I expect us to win, to win those battles, to win the edges, to win the line of scrimmage. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like, like I said, seeing kind of the shape of the tackles and the grades that the tackles have getting kind of makes sense. Maybe why they use this tight end set so much is like a chip yeah. or, uh, you know, they just need help. Yeah. extra pass blocker in there. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just from, from not numbers, but from tape, um, you know, I watched the Boston college, like condensed version and, the, the prevailing thing that stood out to me was that, uh, this offense just punts a lot. There was just a lot of drives where absolutely nothing happened or you lost five yards and you punted it. Um, in their three games, they had seven punts against Old Dominion, seven punts against Boston College, three against Wofford. Um, so already 17 punts on the year. West Virginia's only punted seven times and six of those were against Pitt. So only one time in the last two weeks. Um, this offense is just not like overly potent. They're not, uh, I mean, the, the competition here is Old Dominion, Boston College, and Wofford, and really just the inability to, to sustain drives. Um, I mean, the reason they scored 27 on Boston College was largely field position and, you know, a big chunk play in the running game. They, you know, they kind of just smothered them from the defensive end. But just looking yep. at this offense as a whole, it's, it's um, I think, underwhelming at best. Yeah, yeah. No, the beta rank, defensive beta rank for, for the three squad. Obviously, Wofford doesn't have one, but... Uh, Old Dominion was was high 80s and and Boston College was high 90s somewhere. So you know not not good defenses and the most points that they put up so far this year is 27. So um, yeah, offense they they don't generate explosive plays really. Um, not explosive in the in the passing game and yeah, not not overly efficient. So um, what do you see as uh, either the key to the game or the key matchup? Yeah, so when, when Virginia Tech has the ball, my key matchup is just the defensive line or the defensive front versus this O-line versus tight end, uh, O-line plus tight end set. Um, I'm not overly worried about Grant Wills beating us over the top. Um, I I think that we can control this line of scrimmage if we just like, if there's no run game, if there's no short intermediate pass game, like you said, if we're kind of in like more of a press situation, um, I think we can just ruin this offense um, with a good defensive line and, and just consistent pressures clogging up the run game. I think if we if if we can establish that we were the much better line early, that this offense really is is not going to have anywhere to go. 
For sure. So my uh, mine is in the same vein. I, I said force Wells to beat us throwing, <clears throat> um, which which in my opinion um, makes kind of the the key. I, I put WVU versus first downs. Um, so if you look at Tech's uh, run pass splits on first downs, they they've run it sixty eight times and thrown it just twenty nine. So that's a 70, they're 70% run on first down. If we can win those downs, put them in second and 11, second and nine, second and 10, you know, situations where we know Grant Wells is more than likely going to be throwing the ball. Um, I don't think that he's, I don't think that he's good enough to beat us, uh, you know, on the one hand. And then the, the additional part is obviously their tackles kind of suck. So, you know, you get them in third and 12th. Uh, third and nine, you can pin your ears back a little bit and, and maybe expect yep. to have some sort of su- success. So, um, so yeah, no, I think we, we both agree. Yeah. Kind of, you know, force, force Wells to beat us because I don't think we think he can. I, I have, I really like your, your stat there on the, um, first down tendencies, because that is like the most in like, that is the most representative stat yeah. of a very conservative offense that is yep. not looking to go score. They're looking more to control the game, protect the defense. Um, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's a really good, good point out there. Yep. All right. Thank you. I guess I should say, but should we get to the defense? <laughs> yeah, let's flip the fields. Flip it. All right, man, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So, with West Virginia having the ball, the three guys I want to highlight for Virginia Tech. The first one, I think it's pronounced Taiwan Garbit. Um, and he has an edge. He wears edge. the number 45. Um, and when I watch some of the tape, I mean, Virginia Tech blew Boston College up pretty well. Boston College is not fantastic, but they did it. Uh, Garbit had 13 he on the season. He has 13 pressures and seven quarterback hits. Um I think that is especially impressive um, just considering the, the snaps he's been in. Basically, one in four pass plays where he is rushing the quarterback, he is getting a pressure. Um, so he has had quarterbacks in hell so far. And uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is like, a, at least based on the competition, has looked like a pretty, pretty solid defensive front for Virginia Tech. Yeah, man. He uh, so I think they, as a defense, they have seventy nine pressures through three games, according to PFF. And unfortunately, you can't really compare teams, but I imagine that that's pretty high up in the national rankings. Um, you know, yeah. if you look at West Virginia, I think we only have thirty through three games. So right, they've they've lapped us and then some. Um, yeah. So my my first two, you know, I I I looked at uh, looked at your guy, considered him. Um, I went with number three, Norrell Pollard, and number 22, Mario Kendricks. So they're going to be the two inside. Tech runs an even front, so they'll have, you know, the four-man four front, two edges, two interior. Um, you mentioned that uh, that your edge had uh, 13. Um, Pollard and Kendricks have uh, 11 and 10. So just between, the, between these three guys, they've generated more pressure than WVU has as a team. Um, <clears throat> That's really impressive um, for anybody, let alone for for some interior defensive linemen. So, you know, I think these guys are good. They're both great now, over eighty overall in PFF. Um, so, yeah, I, no, I think you know the the defensive line, like you said, the defense is is why Tech has uh, you know kind of turned it around since Old Dominion turned it around, quote unquote. Um, but why they've, why they've beaten Boston college, why they beat Wofford is, is because the defense is good. They're winning the field position battle and those guys creating havoc, creating negative plays, creating pressure up the middle is, is a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, 
we talked about how low scoring the offense was, but the defense has allowed 37 points all year. Um, that yeah. that's, you know, West Virginia has led up that in two of their three games so far this year. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. This defense is, is nasty. You know, this will be their biggest test. Like there's no doubt about this. This will be the best offense by far. This team has faced. Um, but yeah, so far, so, you know, so far, so good. They've, they passed the test. Um, so my number two guy for the Virginia Tech defense is Dorian Strong. He is a cornerback who wears number 44, which feels like a weird number for a cornerback yeah. player to me. Um, but this guy has, you know, he's going to be out on the field also pretty much every snap. Um, he has had 158 snaps this year, and he has two full years of experience under his belt. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to be matching up with Bryce Ford Wheaton or Prather. Clearly, those are our top two receivers and target guys. Um, but so far, Dorian Strong has only been targeted 11 times, and he has only allowed four catches. Um, so he has, you know, done his role as a shutdown corner and uh, been pretty solid. He's six foot one. So that is my number two guy. So it's a good call out on the height. I feel like, you know, especially like we have some big receivers um, and we saw against Pitt and Kansas with some smaller, smaller corners. We took advantage of that. So that's a good one. Um, yeah, so my second one, I'll, I'll go with because uh, we have the same third guy. But I'll go uh, – I went safety, uh, Shamari Connor. I think he was uh, kind of their most high-profile defender in the preseason. I think he was the only guy who made the uh, the all-ACC uh, preseason all-conference team. But he's kind of their um, – it's kind of their joker piece. I, I think he's sna- second in snaps on the defense behind uh, behind Dorian Strong. Um, very good tackler, very in coverage. He has, he, he, I think you know, he hasn't missed a tackle yet this year. And uh, has has only allowed completions on like four of the nine passes when he's uh, been targeted. You know, just just a super disruptive player. Um, lines up all over the place. I think he spent. Yeah, I have thirty two snaps in the box, thirty six snaps as a free safety, and then seventy two snaps as a slot corner. So you know, he's kind of he's a guy they're going to move around wherever they think you know the ball might be headed. I, I feel like they're going to kind of put him in harm's way, so to speak. So definitely somebody we have to be aware of on a, on Thursday night. Yeah, good call. All right, and my th- my third guy here is for the Virginia Tech defense is Dax Holyfield. Um, you said we had the same guy here. He yeah. is he's sitting in the the middle level, a linebacker, wears number four. Um, and yeah, I don't know. He's he's kind of just been all over the place for this defense. Um, in terms mm-hmm. of he leads the team in tackles, leads the team in stops. Um, you know, he's gotten into the backfield for some pass rush plays. He's made you know pass breakup. So. You know, I think just kind of the, the center of the defense sort of flying all over the place. Holyfield's probably, you know, like I said, leads the team in tacklers, leads the team in tackles. Um, so you're probably going to hear his name called a lot on Thursday night. Yeah, just super productive off-ball linebacker. I think he started for them last year at least as well. I don't I don't know about 2020, um, but he was definitely involved a lot last year as well. Um, but yeah, the only, uh, the only additional note that I had, so um, leads the team in stops. Actually, so 18% stop rate is top five among P five linebackers. So that's the Mm -hmm. percentage of his running snaps that result in a stop. So um, I think I saw his average um, depth of tackle is like 1.2 yards, which is really good. Um, I don't know if anybody read my, my preview from last week, but our linebackers Lee Kogba's average depth of tackle is like four Lance Dixon's was 5.2. So just to give you context of how good 1.2 is, um, 
you know, just in terms of, of our own linebackers. So, um, yeah, really quality player. Yeah, solid guy. I mean, I think we talked a lot about just how the, the pressure, um, the front, you know, the front um, of this Virginia Tech defense is sort of generated. They've just kind of both in the run game and in pass rush, just kind of blown through the teams they've played so far. I mean, I, I think this yep. is going to be their biggest test with our offensive oh, line. Far. Far. Um, but, you know, also this is on the flip side, this is going to be a big test for off our, our offensive line. That kind of leads into my <clears throat> matchup to look on this side of the ball. I said the pass rush versus our pass offense. Um, and not just specifically, I guess, the offensive line, but more just, you know, will there be a different game plan um, for based on how many pressures this team has generated and, and what we think they're going to be able to do. Uh, you know, is that going to be a lot more, you know, what do you do when teams like the blitz or have a great pass rush? You know, you throw some screens, you, you know, have maybe a wide receiver like tunnel screen, get get guys the ball in space. Um, so just interested to see if we're going to see some different stuff. Also, kind of where we talked about that taller corner, are you going to see as many fades? Uh, we definitely seem to favor the fade. So just interested to see how we handle um, the passing game versus what seems to be, you know, pretty solid pass rush. I don't, I don't know how they compare to Pitts, but um, so I was going to so say, far. like, I can't imagine that they're as good as Pitt. Um, so just, to, you know, hopefully we bring that same level of effort. But I had, um, I had basically the same thing. I said uh, our offensive line against their front six. Um, you know, for all the reasons you mentioned, they've gotten a, they've gotten a ton of pressure. We've allowed you know, our share JT's gotten hit more times than I would have liked JT, uh, to have gotten hit. Um, so definitely need to, you know, would like, we have to hold up, we have to hold up offensively. They've, they've been really good against the run too. And, you know, I mean, you mentioned the level of competition, but they're only allowing 42 yards a game, 1.5 yards a carry, uh, against the run, which are both top three nationally. Um, so yeah, I mean, we need, we need our front five, uh, you know, six, if a Laughlin's going to stay in and chip, um, you know, the, the same way that they do with, uh, with Nick Gallo, um, we need, we need our dudes to hold, to hold up. Um, you know, if they're, if they're in our backfield, every play, if they're, if they're hitting JT, uh, you know, could be, could be a long night. Yeah. One thing I really like about JT is his kind of his, um, his attitude towards getting hit is just like unbothered. Fuck. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to get hit. That's, that's your, your quarterback. It's a, it's a violent game. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. He just, he just stands there and takes it, man. Um, yeah, I, I love it, but that's also, it's like, is that why he's played like 17 games in four years? It's cause he just, stands there. he just stands there and takes True. bombs. Um, the other, so just one little other little call out that I saw just cause tech's really, fucking good at they're they're only allowing a 20 22 success rate this year which is fourth nationally so i think you know like you said getting the ball out quick staying on schedule kind of like we talked about with kansas like giving ourselves third and manageable to the point where you know they're not they're not just bum rushing us right mm-hmm. um i think i think you know keeping keeping on schedule keeping keeping down in distance reasonable is going to be crucial yeah definitely i mean you never like being in third and you know seven or eight and over that's when teams with good pass rushes that's when they eat you alive you know if they that's get you they off early their, and yep. you, you know it's a pass coming you know you only have to rush three or four and um yeah definitely something to to look forward to um <clears throat> make sure we're staying on schedule so the line for this game we're recording on sunday night the line i've seen is like anywhere between two and three points um west in, in favor of west virginia um like i said this is a thursday night game in blacksburg rivalry game um West Virginia may be the little more talented team, but 
it's a rivalry game at night. You know, anything can happen. So do you have any any lean? You think this is going to be high, low scoring? You feel good about the number? What do you think? Um, I Well, I feel outstanding about the number because I got in at WVU plus two and a half late Saturday oh. night before the lines had flipped, you know, from the Kansas game and, mm-hmm. and the Virginia Tech games and stuff. So, uh no, minus two and a half. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, again, I think, I think this is a game that we win by double digits. Um, you know, I think that you just look at the the quality of the opponents that they've played and how their offense has performed. Um, our defense is going to be better than than any that they face so far this year, and our offense is going to be just miles better. You know, like I mean, we've we put up what thirty one on Pitt. It should have been probably thirty eight at least. We put up forty two on Kansas put up 65 last week on Towson, which throw that out. But I just, I don't, I don't think that they're going to be able to score with us. Um, you know, barring, yeah. barring some sort of turnover disaster. I just don't think that, I don't think they can keep up with us. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, Virginia tech, at least in the Beamer era is known for the special teams and the turnover disasters. That was their thing. But, yeah. um, you know, here's, here's the way I sort of think about it is, for West Virginia, from the West Virginia point of view, this is the, this is, you know, Kansas, I think is a better off. This is the third best offense out of four games we are playing. This is probably the second best defense. I think Pitts was better. For Virginia Tech, this is the best offense and the best defense you are playing so far this season. This yep. is, this is like, you know, this is, this is the highest level that you have played. Um, so yeah, I do feel good about the number. I think this is one of those games that you need to go in and make a little bit of a statement, get up early, take the wind out. You know, you, you, this offense isn't going to score on us. Just kind of, you know, get it under control early and let's just win a comfortable game for once. That'd be so much fun. And, you know, not even sweat. Don't even <clears throat> fumble at the goal line. Don't even muffle punt, whatever it is. Um, I asked our, uh, our Twitter followers, um, what their prediction for the game and I gave them the option of blowout win, one possession win, one possession loss, and blowout loss. 60% said one possession win. Next coming in is 23% said blowout win. So that is about 83 84% are saying we're going to win this game. 12% said one possession loss. I mean, like I said, rivalry game, night game. It's probably going to be closer than you think. But I think talent-wise, uh, hopefully this is a game you, you pull away from you know, maybe in the third quarter and and don't have to sweat it out down the, down the stretch. Yeah, man, I definitely, so I'm, I'm going to be there and I would definitely be down with that. There's, there's nothing like the feeling you get, uh, like a nice comfortable road victory. Um, you know, just when you start seeing people file out and you don't even have to like cheer that you don't have to be (laughs) over the top anymore, you know, um, for your team, you can just kind of soak it all in. Um, yeah, nah, I uh, I think we're I think we're gonna be pretty happy Thursday night. I hope so. Big one for Neil. Big one for this team, this program, the climb. You know all the fun people we like right now: Prather, CJ, JT. You know this is this is a big one for this season. For you know with the transfer portal and everything, you don't know how long all these things last. This is just a big one to to get everything right. Last one before we get into the rest of the season being Big Twelve play. So. You know, and keep just, keep that black diamond in Morgantown, baby. Also, very important. It's uh, it could be thousands of days um, with it. You know, staying in Morgantown, so so important game. And you know, it's cool that we played them last year. I think a lot of the guys on the team probably understand some things about the rivalry. 
Um, I, you know, I wouldn't put it at the level of Pitt, but I think it's comfortably our second biggest rival. And like I said, I, I'm still super excited about, about playing these games that like matter to, to our fan base. So it's going to be a blast either way. Uh, be a lot more fun if we win though. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, uh, any, uh, any last thoughts here? That's all I got. Um, yeah. So I'll just do the kind of wrap up here. So yeah, we got a uh, Twitter account. If you want to get at us, um, it's West by pod with underscores in between. You can get at us on smokingmusket.com. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm WV stats guy. He's game day shorts. If you see Jordan at the game, buy him a beer and a Turkey leg. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So yeah. Thanks as always for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Take care. being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details